This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is literally like we're just having coffee. Like people always get nervous to come on the podcast. And I'm like, honestly, like it's just like we're just chatting, having a coffee. Like I think people assume, like you said, it's like a job interview. Like it's going to be like this structured, like here's my first question for you. You have five minutes to answer. Like, no, it's like totally not like that at all. Um, oh, that's the whole point of a mom chat. And like I was legit wearing a different shirt before that was black just to kind of help with the the tone on the screen. And then I was like, yo, this is the shirt that I would wear for a job interview. Like in homage of Renee, I'm going to put on a band t-shirt and feel like myself, especially since the topic we're going to be talking about today. Like I was like, no, I got to feel like myself. Yeah. And see, you're in a band t-shirt. I got the Raptors going. So it's, I didn't even wash my hair. It's just up in a bun. It looks great. I had to wash my hair because if I don't every day, plus I was like, if I got to feel good today, I may as well shower. Yeah. Well, there's a hard thing to do when you've got a four month old. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you just have one? No. So my son is three. Okay. Uh, um, Actually they're born a day apart. So he's three and four months and she's four months. Okay. I've got two. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like when Milo turned four, maybe like three and a half, four is when I started to be like, wow, like this is getting a little bit easier. And like the days are not so daunting with regard to like, he's more independent. Like he, I can go upstairs and like blow dry my hair while he's watching Bluey down here. You know what I mean? Where yeah, when they're younger, like you cannot do anything without watching them and like taking them with you and yeah or them being like glued to your body like yes. my daughter right now I literally was running around trying to set up today and I'm holding her like in one arm here just like running around the house like a crazy nut and she's screaming bloody murder because she doesn't want to be hauled around like a sack of potatoes but yeah my son is definitely I, I feel like especially at this age they've developed in their brains enough to recognize kind of a routine and a pattern. Mm -hmm. And especially if you've instilled that enough, it's like, look, this is the morning routine. This is the evening routine. Like when I'm home alone and my husband's out at work, I can get him to finish supper. He knows to go wash his hands, wash his face before he goes on the couch. Then he could sit on the couch and grab a book or do whatever. And I can come upstairs for like half an hour and put the baby to bed. Yeah. And it feels like calming. Like you said before, when you have to keep them, watch them like a hawk, it's a lot and kind of having them... I think that's why we wanted to have them kind of three years apart, at least then he's a bit older to manage Mm -hmm. the craziness of having a newborn around, but we know we want to have another one and probably close, probably not like such a huge gap between them, but I'm also like, oh God, that means I got to get pregnant again, like next year. (laughs) Yeah, I know the timing, like people, yeah, it's wild with like timing and I just can't imagine having like another, another one. (laughs) Like I just, I try to like, when I'm going throughout my day, I'm like, okay, now imagine there was also like a young baby here and it's like, holy shit. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. And, and that's kind of one of the things that's written. It's not that it bothers me. So like, I've been thinking about this conversation in my head all week and obviously like I've, I've posted a lot of content around it regardless but there was so much anger in myself yesterday thinking about like how I've completely given away all of myself to just the title of mom Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like frustrated because I'm like, I want to be able to like go back to work and I want to be able to put effort into my, you know, my side passion projects and I want to do all these things. But like, this is the season of growing our family. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrated that like, we want a big family. And that's, we, you know, my husband and I, we've always talked about that. And this is the season of growing it. And I get that. But I'm also like, pissed off. Are we allowed to swear? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You could swear. It's hard to... Because I know this feeling so well, like I can relate to what you're saying because I had Milo when I was what, 34, I think. And so I had already lived like this long adult life Mm. of just focusing on myself. Like you said, like having passion projects and traveling and, you know, setting goals for myself, reaching them, like working out, like doing whatever I wanted to do, living on my own as an adult. And then you have a child and that's all kind of like taken away from you. And now I feel like I'm starting to get that back. Like I like I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm able to like up and travel. Like Milo can Mm -hmm. stay here with my husband. Like I feel like I'm getting it back and I'm able to do things that fulfill me as a human and not necessarily as a mom. You know what I mean? And so it's it is daunting to think oh, if I have another one, it's going to get taken away from me again for like X amount of years. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. I feel like because we, when did I have my first? Oh my God. I don't even know. Was I 26, 27? Yeah. 26 or 27, somewhere in that zone, depending on when my birthday was and his birthday. Math is not my strong suit (laughs) on a new mommy brain, but we had him and I thought that I'd be able to maintain like all of these things that I loved to do prior to having kids um and then there was like a really traumatic birth experience the like postpartum section for the first six months was traumatic and then I know you said like you had Milo and then COVID hit well like my son was six months and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and we had just sold our condo and we just bought a house and we were moving to a different part of like the province um like out of the big city and I lost my job mm-hmm. and I was like, all of a sudden, all these things that made me feel like who I was just disappeared. And there was a lot of emphasis on like, well, if we're going to keep afloat, like my husband's going to keep working. So I just have to stay here and be the mom. And like upon a lot of reflection and through a lot of therapy, I've accepted that that's kind of my fate, but the anger of what being a mom is comes from like the expectations of society and a lot because we spend a lot of time on social media. You just see like everybody's like, oh, well, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that and you're supposed to do this to be a good mom or this mom or whatever mom. And you think everybody else is enjoying the shit out of motherhood. And so when you have difficult days, you're like, I should be like really enjoying it like everybody else seems to be. Yeah, because nobody, nobody freaking talks about it. And like what, what angered me too was like, I felt pigeonholed in a certain way. So like prior, I know one of the questions you ask a lot is like, how was your entry into Mm -hmm. becoming a mom? Yeah. And like, I was ready for it. I've had kids around me for so long and my sister actually has four kids and she started having kids when she was like 22. So she's. I think she's about your age now and like her oldest is 15 and it's crazy. So I was used to having kids. I was like, I'm ready for this jump head first. And then 
I'm sitting there on my couch, like zoning out on my phone with my baby next to me. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Why didn't anybody tell me that this was going to be like a nightmare? Why is nobody, why are none of the other moms around me? First of all, saying that this is what happened to them, but then also supporting me when I'm like, hey, I feel lost. I feel lost as shit. Mm-hmm. But then there was like nobody around to be like, yeah, I felt that way too. Let's bond together. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit of a panic because for me, I wanted to be, I had followed a lot of um, YouTuber moms. And in my head, I was like, I grew up on a farm. I wanted to get a farm. I wanted to have like a little homestead and homeschool my kids and like the beautiful picturesque version of of that. And honestly, I'd love to still do that. It's just not in the cards for us now. But when I realized that that ideal that I had seen portrayed for me was not going to happen, Mm-hmm. then a huge sense of self was lost again. So it's like in the first six to nine months of having your first kid, you're like, okay, well, I've lost parts of myself because I've spent all of this time taking care of a baby. So like, I don't read anymore. I have no time and I'm exhausted. I was recovering from a cesarean section too. So I was like, couldn't actually do anything physically. And then I couldn't paint anymore. I had no hobbies. I lost my job. So like, I wasn't interior designing anymore, which is a creative outlet for me. And then realizing that like the life that we were trying to build wasn't going to fit into the image that I had so desperately wanted was another loss. So you just feel like you're floating in nothingness with no Mm -hmm. buoy to grab onto. It's terrifying. And I feel like I'm still there. I think a lot of people assume losing yourself or like the difficult parts of postpartum is because of things that you're having to do now as a mom. And while that's part of it, it's also like you were saying, it's you're unable to do things that you want to do. Like that's a huge part of it. And even for me now with Milo being four and my husband's job always coming first, like no matter what. And I get, I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's important. And like, that's where all of our money comes from. Like I get it. But it still sucks to be mm-hmm. like, that's always going to come first. And, you know, oftentimes I can't do things that I would want to do. And it's frustrating. But uh, like, how do you manage that? Like, I think just acknowledging it and being like, this is the way it is. It sucks. And being able to talk about it helps a lot, even though some people on the internet, you know, don't want to hear it (laughs) and that's where like a lot of my anger comes from too is like they don't want to hear it they don't want to understand that like what we do is hard as shit Uh and my my frustration is very much like if I'm in the season of growing my family I now am labeled a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. right like I worked in between I worked after my son was able to go back to daycare um, and then I worked for a bit and then I got pregnant and I was off my whole pregnancy and now I'm on mat leave mm-hmm. again. Luckily for, you know, us here in Canada, we get a bit of a mat, mat yeah. leave. We, I'm, a, I'm very fortunate to have that privilege to have a paid maternity leave for a year. I understand. But because I'm now titled and labeled like stay at home mom, there's a societal expectation of what that looks like. And I'm angry at the fact that A, I don't want to 
I don't want to live up to that expectation. Like, I'm just like, I don't want to be the perfect wearing an apron and blah, 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 baking every day and running around like a chicken without a head to make sure everybody else is happy. Like, I want to make myself happy. (laughs) Yeah. But also, I I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I want to work. But then it's like, if you work, then you're a working mom. And then society's like, oh, well, if you're a working mom, then you have to be X, Y, Z. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you have to be ABC. And you could never live up to the expectation of what it's going to be. And so that's why I find I'm, I'm just like struggling with like, what am I supposed to be? And learning like in therapy to like, let go of a label, like let yeah. go of a title. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you're always the flexible parent and, and the default parent and our husband's jobs kind of come first. And that's fine. But like, if I want to prioritize myself and figure out the hobbies and things that I love to do and get them back. So I feel a little bit more like Julie and not like just the mom. Yeah. Then other things have to be sacrificed in order for me to make time to do those things. Like when I want to record an episode, I have to forgive, like forego, you know, reading a book to my son at night Mm -hmm. when he wants me to be there at nine o'clock because a three-year-old doesn't want to go to bed till 1030. (laughs) Yep. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. 
If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Like I had to realize that very early on, like I need to make myself happy and put myself first in some situations. And honestly, no matter what you are, like stay-at-home mom, working mom, society and people like you can't win in either situation you're always going to be doing things wrong like people are going to have an opinion so it's best to just be like okay what is best for me put myself first and I remember I had an episode with um Casey Davis she is struggle care or domestic blisters on Instagram and TikTok and she was like because a lot of us feel guilt, right? If we do that, if we put ourselves first, it could be like the smallest thing. And she gave the example of just needing a break in the middle of the day to even just scroll your phone and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just going to check out TikTok for like a half hour. But instead of trying to do that and trying to also like entertain your child and trying to like get lunch yeah. on she's like yeah I heard this I, yeah I am gonna make it known like mommy is taking a 30 minute break I am unavailable right now and I am just going to scroll my phone and not feel bad about it and I was like I love that so much because it's like being intentional about like okay mommy is going to do this or you know do this tell my husband uh I want to start working out Monday Wednesday Friday so can you arrange your schedule or can you pick up Milo on those days? Like be intentional and also asking for help so you are able to meet your needs. Because if everything is falling on the mom, it's going to be really hard for her to meet her own needs on her own. Like sometimes you have to ask for help to be able to Mm -hmm. do that. And I don't think a lot of people are comfortable asking for help. No, because it's in like the I moment. should be able to do it all. I should just do it all, you know? Yeah, because that's what we're shown. Like, you should be able to do it all. You should be able to handle it all. But, like, I've noticed in trying to implement that 
in my day being like, no, at nine o'clock, I'm going into my office and I'm working on my blog or I'm working on this while I'm doing it. I'm, I'm intentional about the time, but I'm just riddled with like, and it's going to take free. It's going to take weeks and probably months to get over that, like to go sit on the couch and not feel guilty about reading a chapter in a book. And I think there's, I mean, for me personally, which is like a mental health struggle, I just have such a thing around control. Mm-hmm. So like, even though my partner is superb and I'm like, I'm going to go sit on the couch and read a book for half an hour. If the kids are happy and they're watching TV or the kids, one kid, the baby's probably sleeping. <laughs> if he's watching TV and he's happy or he's playing like Mario on the Nintendo Switch, that's fine because I let him do that. But for some reason, there's like a neurosis in my brain that's like, if I'm going to take the time to sit on the couch for half an hour and my husband is letting my kids sit there for half an hour, I'm like, no, 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 no. I have been productive with him all day long. A hundred. Productive with him for the 30 minutes while I take a break. Like, you're not allowed to also sit on the couch and take a break. And I don't know where this, like, anger is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to impose that on my husband but it's the same as and you probably relate to this too it's the same as if I've been home with Milo all day and it's been like a rough day but I have kept my shit together all day (laughs) gentle parented like did all the right things and then my husband comes home from work and Milo does something and my husband like you know loses his temper a little bit or like gets irritated with him I'm like oh no 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 like I have been dealing with this all day like you don't get to just come home and then all of a sudden be irritated like I kept my (laughs) shit together all day you can do it for this short amount of time like it's the same kind of thing it's like I think it is low-lying like resentment because of everything that we do and Mm. as soon as they're not doing what we do or what we expect them to be doing at that very moment. It's like, you're irritated. And then it's hard for you to focus on your freaking book because you're (laughs) like, no, they should be doing something else. Like take them to the park, go do something like a hundred percent. I totally get that. You have the mental load of like sitting there thinking like, oh, I should have planned something for them to do or to be like, I don't want to have to tell you to take them to the park or I don't want to have to tell you to like take a breath and calm down and it's a bit different. Like my husband works from home. So, and he's works really long hours. So like if I bring my son home from daycare and he wants to go down to the basement and bother daddy, I'm like, no, no, no. I need to find something for the next hour and a half to two hours for you to do. So you don't bug daddy. And then I'm also like, I need to give daddy time to unwind from his really highly like mentally stressful job as well to unwind so he can come upstairs and be neutral to then take over and tag out, right? So then I could do something else. But I'm like, I've been here all day, especially with the baby. Mm -hmm. And then my toddler comes home and he has, I remember you mentioned like the, what was it? The energy crash. Like they come home from school after being all day. That's it. And I'm like, my toddler will come home and he's just melting onto the floor. And I'm like, I've held it together all day with the screaming baby. I can't do it anymore. And the resentment that you're talking about is like, I just want them to be able to do what I've done all day. But the secondary resentment is that we are expected to be good like that all day long. And the minute we lose our shit, we're bad. We're bad moms. I lost my shit this morning. Like, oh my God. (laughs) And then I like pulled it together and then was like very calm. But like, that is going to happen. 
Like we are human. And so I have just like, let it go. And like, I'm human. I'm going to react to things in not the best way sometimes. And it's all about kind of what you do afterwards. And so I try not to be too hard on myself with that anymore because like, it's going to happen. Like my mom did it to us when we were growing up and like our relationship is perfectly fine. Like nothing, you know what I mean? But I think we put so much emphasis and like stress into like these singular moments as opposed to like taking a macro view of our entire like parenting family life. And we're like, oh, I made that one mistake. And so I'm going to dwell about it all day, you know? But like, I'm sure yeah. Milo t- has totally forgotten that I lost my shit this morning. <laughs> I, I, I lost my crap on Patrick too this morning because he kept kicking the back of my seat when I was buckling him into his car seat. And I'm like, stop kicking my car seat. And I like grabbed his leg and pushed it down. I didn't hit him. I was just like, get your boots off of my seat. Yeah. And he got like super upset. And on the car ride there, I was, you know, guilt tripping yourself. But then afterwards, I've gotten really good at repairing with him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I unbuckled him from his car seat. I apologized. And I said, you know, mommy was very frustrated. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled at you. And he, it's funny because when I yelled at him and I got in the car, he goes, mommy, you don't frustrate me. <laughs> like, he tells me he's now frustrated with me. <laughs> yeah. But then I'll repair with him and give him a hug and be like, I'm so sorry, honey. And he gives me a hug and he's like, it's okay, mommy. I love you. And then I feel extra guilty because I'm like, my freaking three-year-old shouldn't be parenting me. But then I guess it's a good it reflection is. of, yes, you know, what we're trying to teach him to be like. Yeah. Exactly. It still hurts. <laughs> I know. I know. Totally. It's like when Milo hits me and then I talk to him about it. Cause like in the moment he's angry and he doesn't care that he's hitting you. But then afterwards I'll be like, you hit mommy and you hurt mommy. And that wasn't very nice. And then if he starts crying, I'm like, oh my God, like, what did I just do? <laughs> but then at the end of the day, it's like, would you rather him not care and have empathy and like have feelings? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a good thing that he's upset that he hit me, you know? Like, yeah, so it's funny. I, I hope I get to that point with Patrick. I think maybe when he reaches four, he will be because even this morning, I think he told my husband something like, or last night, daddy, you hit me. And my, I asked daddy, I was, did you hit him? He's like, no, I didn't. I didn't even touch him. I didn't do it. But I think at daycare, he's learning to like how to interact with les amis. Oh, sorry, the friends. And so um, I had to like mediate. And I was like, honey, pretend that you're one of his friends at daycare. And I'm going to mediate. Mm-hmm. Try to be like, did you hit it? He goes, you hit me. And so now he's, it's not lying. He's not intentionally lying. But I think when he gets to the point where he feels sorry for having done something wrong, that'll be a little better because right now I can't tell what's true and what's not true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you hit me, mommy. No, honey, I legitimately didn't even touch you. Like, you <laughs> whacked me with your toy in the face and, like, my my lip is swollen. Yeah. Well, you hit me, mommy. No, honey. <sighs> you trying probably, to negotiate yeah, with like, a toddler. He's just, like, modeling behaviors and which is great yeah i'm glad he's smart but exactly. sometimes too smart for your own good and i'm like you're three chill <laughs> so where are you at now with like identity and like what you or like how you identify and 
trying not to label yourself. And if there's people listening who feel like can relate to all the things that you're saying, do you have advice for people? Oh God, that's a heavy one. Eh? Um, I know that I'm a stay at home mom and that's kind of my label. I'm reconciling with the fact that the world in general will place expectations on that umbrella label. And I kind of likened it in my brain, in my thought process to how there's a, there's an umbrella and a spectrum of labeling in, and it's the closest one that I can come to was like the LGBTQ plus community. And it's like, you can be, you can pick one of those letters within the acronym to identify yourself with, or you can just like, I'm, you know, picking the the term queer and I fit under the umbrella, but people are going to pigeonhole you regardless, mm. depending on which one you choose. Mm-hmm. And it's either you fit into that pigeonhole ideal or you decide, no, I need to build my own ideal. So I'm the stay-at-home mom now. I'm not a working mom. My kid isn't old enough yet to start sports. So like, I'm not a soccer mom. I'm not a hockey mom. I'm not a dance mom. Like I don't fit under those things. But now it's building the ideal for me that fits my family best of what a stay-at-home mom looks like. And for us, like the pigeonhole would be, you know, keeping my kids home and not sending my son to daycare if I'm a stay-at-home mom. But guess what? He thrives in daycare and that's what works best for our family. So I'm still going to be a stay-at-home mom, but my kid is going to go to daycare Mm -hmm. and I'm taking care of the baby right now. That's great. But I'm also going to pursue my side projects and passions and hopefully, you know, work in interior design as well to be able to work. And it's like, the advice is really try to ignore, I guess, what everybody else is telling you it's supposed to look like. And find yourself the community. And if that that community has to be online because there's nobody around you that is, I guess, aware enough to recognize that these are the disparities, then you find that community online and you're kind of like, let's build what stay-at-home mom looks like, or let's build what a boy mom should look like, or let's build what a working mom should look like. And I think we're we're lucky now in a in a point of time with social media where we see a lot of those communities. Like, I definitely know that I follow a lot of people who are like hardcore entrepreneurial moms. Mm-hmm. And that's something that looks beautiful. And I think I used to strive to want to be, but I know that it's not going to function for my family. So I'm just going to relieve myself of the expectation and pressure to fit into that model. Mm-hmm. And I think it's nice to, you can, you know, whether it's people that you follow online, you're, you admire what they're doing, their lifestyle, their hobbies, whatever, but not to be like, or assume that you can take on everything and live your life exactly how somebody else does, but instead to take bits and pieces from a bunch of different people in your life and just get ideas and be inspired and, that's what I like when Milo was a newborn, I started to realize that like, don't compare yourself to people and then feel shitty that you're not doing what they're doing, but instead just be like, oh, that's, you know, inspiring. I'm going to take that one little idea, or maybe I will try that recipe next week or fucking put little eyeballs on Milo's, you know, lunch and hashtag excessive. (laughs) (laughs) 
instead of like like having fun with it and just being inspired instead of being like oh I'm not as good as that now I'm in a bad mood and feel shitty about myself like yeah yeah. and it takes time to get there like like I'm 30 right and so I know that I have like I could I could start another career in five years from now in 10 years from now I could do another career option like the world is my oyster blah 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 but it takes time to reach that point and I feel like you're at a healthy point and my issue with like identity and because and a lot of the reason why a lot of my content is like mental health based as well is because I'm just so wired and conditioned that whatever you title yourself as is what you're supposed to be and if you're not doing it to the best of your ability like then there's no worth to your being Mm -hmm. and so it's like a really dark like deep level childhood thing I need to and have been addressing in therapy but I'm not sure it it could be a subconscious thing that we've just seen like our generation like I'm a younger millennial my sister's an elder millennial but we grew up in a similar generation that's like if this is what you're supposed to be if you're not aware that you need to release yourself from those obligations to be fully happy then you're going to feel the dampening like weight on your chest every time you think you haven't succeeded in being the perfect stay-at-home mom or the perfect working mom. Mm -hmm. So like your standpoint is a really healthy one where you're like, I'm just, you know, going to say fuck it and do whatever I want. But I know that even in my little small circle, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't think I can reach that yet. Like I strive Mm -hmm. to get there, but I haven't gotten there yet. And I'm in like the working in between stages. I'm like, yeah, some weeks I bake fresh bread and muffins and like all of this stuff and make homemade pasta and woohoo. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, I hate everything. I never want to be a stay at home mom. Get me out of the house. Like I don't want any more kids. There was, um, I don't know if you listened to the skinny confidential. It's a podcast, but Lauren Bostick, she has this quote that was like, you can be everything or you like, you can do it all just not on the same day. Uh, (laughs) And like, it is so accurate. Like like you were saying, yeah, one day I'm going to fucking make muffins and be like, take Milo to the park and just like crush mom life. But then my career stuff is going to suffer that day. Or maybe even like my relationship with my husband is not going to be like where it could be that day. And then other days I'm going to like really focus on my husband and be intentional about like giving him a hug, like when he's like pouring coffee or you know what I mean? But yeah. the next day I'm going to be so wrapped up in work stuff that I'm not even going to think about that. And like, then I feel like I'm suffering on the mom side. So it's like, you can I only always, juggle so many balls. Yes. You one need has to, look, to fall. <laughs> you have to look at like things in like a wide lens, as opposed to being like, what am I succeeding at today? Like, what am I failing at today? It's like, no, like take a big picture. Like in the last five years, look at everything that I've done. Like, this is my life that I've lived in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, I love that quote, but we're no, going to run is. out of time. Like- it's like eye-opening. You're like, yeah. whoa, okay. When you hear stuff like that, I find a lot of stuff that inspires me to feel better about myself is like a random quote or a random reel and audio. And you're just like, holy crap. Okay. I'm on the right mind track now for the rest <laughs> of the week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. My life is better. <laughs> yeah. I'm I not a it. horrible person and a horrible mom and I should love everything about it, but days totally. are shitty. So 
embrace the shit. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. Where can people find you online? I think you said you started a podcast and I know you have an Instagram account. So where can people find you? So I have the Instagram account is kind of the most biggest place I spend most of my time. So it's this.hive. So at this.hive. Um, I started my blog first, which because of my name, my last name starts with a B. So I was like, I started the blog and I was like, this is Julie B's hive. And at the okay. time I was like, how do I come up with a thing that encompasses like my home life, DIY stuff, growing a family? Like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start a YouTube channel ages ago. Never did. Wow. Um, so my blog is like this hive as well, like Julie B's hive. So I think it's um, juliebreezebois.home slash blog or something like that but instagram's where you'll find me and then the podcast uh i launched a couple of months ago it's this hive howls um you can find apple uh iheart spotify like basically all the streaming platforms um and everything is kind of centered around this is my family life this is what's going on and we're gonna bitch and complain about a lot of stuff until the complaining is normalized and until Mm -hmm. the world kind of realizes like, oh, momming and being a mom and just being a a woman in general is ridiculously difficult and we need more resources and, uh, you know, we need more support and I'm not going to stop howling about it until until we get that stuff. (laughs) It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Um, All right. Well, this was a great uh, chat. I'm going to thank you thank, yeah thanks for coming on and honestly having like professional equipment and like a beautiful backdrop oh. like wow what is this <laughs> professional thanks for having me are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh you came to the wrong place that's not us that's not us well it is we are a husband and wife who chat about raw real relationship yeah, topics like sex like money like marriage and kids but we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is if you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work because that sucks we can join you in the suckage kind of like being in your ear not physically so if you want to laugh come check us come out come check us out brought to you by the laughing couple podcast <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.